Hello and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it and then we meet to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio and this week's movie was picked by Ricardo. It was indeed. Da, da, da. It is, I know where I'm going, exclamation mark, from 1945, directed by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, produced by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger and George Orr Busby, which is a fab name. Written by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, starring Wendy Hiller and Roger Livesey. Music by Alan Gray, cinematography by Erwin Hillier, which is also a great name, and edited by John Seaborn Sr. <laughs> Things were just better in the 40s, weren't yeah. they? Um, <laughs> Tickety tonk and down with the Nazis. <laughs> old fruit um (laughs) and the synopsis is plucky englishwoman joan webster travels to the remote islands of the scottish hebrides in order to marry a west (laughs) in order to marry a wealthy industrialist trapped by inclement weather on the isle of mull and unable to continue to her destination joan finds herself charmed by the straightforward (laughs) no-nonsense islanders around her and becomes increasingly attracted to naval officer torquil mcneil who holds a secret that may change her life forever (laughs) wow that's one of my favorites for a while i think (laughs) as soon as i saw it i was like yep Going so, uh, in. <laughs> so Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, <laughs> that is a reference to my hair apparently being like fucked, like no, uh, Billy Bob Thornton I'm, in the, I'm the first it. season of Fargo. Yeah, no, for real. Like that's <laughs> it's. Where's I'm, my turtleneck? That's the question. I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, there be dragons. Uh, so Ricardo, why did you pick this movie? Well, for one, is uh, I wanted to make uh, to do an episode uh with a film that somebody's called torquil <laughs> yeah. uh, somehow it only works if you say it in a scottish accent yeah when it sounds like, weird otherwise ah, torquil. torquil but in the movie it makes complete sense yeah like, like a lot of things in this movie like uh, uh for one is that i'm a huge huge fan of paul and pressburger and i was uh Struggling to select between this, uh, the red shoes, and mm. uh, uh, the life, uh, the life and death of Colonel Blimp. Yeah, uh, I didn't pick Colonel Blimp title. because it is three hours and a bit long. And, yeah, and uh, you were feeling generous. Yeah, uh, but also like that film is also starring Roger Livesey, and uh, he's an actor that I absolutely adore, and I think is vastly underrated. Mm. And Colonel Blimp, he manages to do the impossible and makes me to make me uh, be sympathetic and actually like somebody who was a colonial soldier mm. c- career soldier for the british empire and like proper english kind of thing somehow gains your uh your sympathy it's also kind of like interesting because it's what paul and pressburger do so well is that it is uh, overtly patriotic but at mm. the same time uh satirizing and uh showing the deficiencies of uh, english culture as a whole mm. that the film was actually almost banned by Winston Churchill and they had to like self-fund it because Churchill wasn't allowing them to make it because at the time like uh, it was during World War Two. Yeah, so like everything, to get anything, everything had, had to go everything had to have some kind of um, patriotic duty. Yeah. And like kind of mild um, like pro- propaganda. Yeah, value. Like, yeah. Mild propaganda. Yeah. And uh, the thing is Which that you w- see in something like their finest, let's say. And uh, Churchill and in, uh, in, said uh, uh, Colonel Blimp was one of the, le- the it was the least patriotic film he had ever seen. Uh, 
I think that uh, coming from Winston Churchill, it said the best review that the movie ever needed. <laughs> um, uh, so much Churchill shade going on here. Uh, but coming to Warranted. this movie, I think that it is one of those forgotten masterpieces. It is. I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Uh, I remember yeah, this is, reading this it. This is an oddly... Yeah, because it, even when speaking about Paul Pressburger, it's like they have such a good batting average as well that you yeah. have like be uh, a matter a of life and death, Colonel Blimp, uh, Black Narcissus, and mm. uh, uh, this movie as well. They made it purely because they couldn't get the camera, the Technicolor cameras that they needed for beyond uh, for a matter of life and death mm. for a few months. So they just decided instead of not doing anything, they just went to Scotland and made this movie. I read that they wrote it in a week. Yeah, yeah, like it's insane. Like... Uh, it is an idea I think that they had for a while to make, but yeah. they never thought that they'd get the money. But somehow, because they were forced to wait by a company because there was only like two Technicolor cameras or something in England at the time mm. that they were given like tie over funds for this kind of thing. I'm glad that it's in black and white though. Yeah, like it, 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 and it's also one of the few films of the year that are mostly shot on location and I think it mm. makes it Which is really, a... really surprising. Like, yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to see just like how they work with the landscape and everything. Like it's proper wild. And it has uh, what we were talking before about uh, I can't remember what was the movie the the sense of location wasn't there that you couldn't like do the geography of the place uh, oh um, the sweet hereafter was it yeah that, yeah. that one and like that not working with the, the landscape and yeah. the, the like geography of that and this you kind all. of understand exactly where you are at all times mm. that you know like even when he's uh, when his friend is uh, the 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 eagle hunter, the the, the, the mayor. <laughs> as soon as that guy turned up, I was like, "Of course he has an eagle!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's uh, in the the phone booth that is between the house and the hotel or something, <laughs> the post office and the in the halfway house. Just like house. screaming. And <laughs> uh, next to the waterfall, and it's so uniquely there is a true sense of the location and space, and a true mm. love for that kind of. People and also it's uh, very rare to uh, film of that era to not be set in England, like to mm. go to Scotland and like deal. embrace the the actual Scottishness. Of yeah, it. like in the culture, like when mm. they go to the wedding and they're, they're like, <laughs> oh, uh, they invite him in, and it's like, no, Mike Neos must not mix with, with these people, whatever. And they have like it's a, you can tell that that scene is uh, super uh, super inspiration for the scene in Titanic when Rose goes down to. The, oh my god with the dancing yeah. yes yes uh, and also think that the uh, chemistry between Wendy Hiller and Roger Livesley just like pops off the screen and I yeah. think that she's a really interesting character as well and the way the even very strange characters are, even the opening scene with her dad, uh, you don't know it's her dad at the beginning. Yeah. It's like my lovely, you know, this. And then <laughs> it has this weird, uh, some reverse said that uh, Freud had a field trip with that scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that even when the... Yeah. He goes. Even oh. that she's marrying an older man as yeah, well. They, he, who's the, her boss? It's the, like mm. the dad says to her, "Oh, he's as old as me," and yeah. she goes, "There's no problem. There's no problem with you, darling." Yeah. And it's so weird, and she, he's also her banker, and yeah, they have this discussion yeah. about like the forty-five dollars, and then the movie has the weirdest train scene <laughs> ever. That it's amazing the dream sequence and <laughs> and. Uh, but when it really finds its feet when they're like in in Scotland, mm. when she lands in the house, that it's so weird to have 
two really strong female characters in 1945. Her yeah, it's bizarre. And the uh, her the the owner of the house with all the dogs or whatever. Yeah. They're just like it feels like yeah, and they they re- characters. they really really go to town with her as well. Like, yeah, the proper like the introduction of her character, like whenever she comes in and like with the dogs and everything. And, like, and she's so fucking you know, cool. She just yeah. oozes kill. Yeah, and then even the the, the way that it's like oh, I want my like to fish my own salmon. I just need somebody to <laughs> tell me. And also like even the way that it could have been so cheesy and it is cheesy but in the best way <laughs> because it is a romantic comedy the bit about the the curse of the Matthews oh, and what so, the curse so is ridiculous. but it's like it's like it really sells and I remember uh, reading about uh the Scorsese was for some reason in Scotland at some yeah. point and there was a screening of this movie in the island where they shot oh, it. Oh, class. And Scorsese went to see it and it was the first time that he saw it. And like recently or? Oh, no, that he had ever seen it. Like this was like maybe in the 90s or yeah. something when they were like, they, they found the, the print or something. They decided to release mm. it in the local festival. Scorsese was around and he was like, uh, he's a cinephile. <laughs> so he just went, you know. Yeah. And his quote was like, when you think that there's no more masterpieces to discover. <laughs> you watch I know yeah. where I'm going the like I, I think it's a film that uh, warms my heart you know like mm. uh, it's a film that I, I I enjoy from like beginning to end and like we do have a tendency of picking movies that are like either dark or depressing <laughs> or sad and this even, goes both ways even when they are kind of cheerful there's a little yeah. bit underneath there that's always <laughs> dragging us back to depression and I think that this one uh, like even the way that it deals with the war and everything mm. it's so subtle in ways that like because Emmerich Pressburger and Michael Powell are geniuses they're like two of the best like as a team they're probably the best team of filmmakers ever I, I did I did kind of think of like the Coens and how like yeah. how the two characters of the Coens kind of complement each other and like the different sort of things that they bring to it and everything and I don't really know much about Pile and Pressburger but I definitely want to kind of apparently like more. it's kind of the like I think if I remember correctly the uh, Pressburger was like over the top sentimental mm. and, and Powell was like completely dry like as in a cynic so like there's always a balance between their two movies but there's mm. movies that one wins over the other so like the red shoes is completely cynical but mm. cynical in a way that is like born out of like uh, idealism and then it's how like that idealism becomes corrupted by like professionalism and fame or whatever that you start thinking like of creating art and being the best and then it just ruins you as a person then you have this one that it's kind of it starts with cynicism of like just getting married because she always wanted to be rich yeah and then ending up like finding true love or whatever but you also understand why she's marrying the industrialist because you can tell that like uh, well, she like, gives him the freedom to be herself yeah even well i like the that they don't demonize him yeah. i do like that we never see him we yeah yeah because it's besides well, the point kind yeah of thing. but i like that he's not he's not like a, he's clearly not an asshole yeah. it's like she could marry him and be happy you know like she would kind of have had what she was looking for in a yeah. way but um yeah obviously like the the scene where they're uh in the was it in the post office whatever they yeah, call the, the phone, other island it's so yeah. good like, <laughs> yeah like it, it's kind of funny it's nice that you kind of you get like a sense of the dynamic of their relationship just through the kind of stilted conversation rather you know like, I, I kind of enjoyed that that he feels like a presence in the film yeah that he's kind of there even like how he uh tells her there to go to the other house and then turquil is there 
<laughs> and it's kind of that she can't escape them. And, uh, like, there's so many, like, scene by scene. It's brilliant. Like, like the bus scene when they're going down and they, they're talking. And people keep recognizing them. Yeah. And also <laughs> that they start, like, they're going hunting for the eagle because they're... <laughs> The like lambs are disappearing. Your man is outraged. He's yeah, like, it's yeah. a fox, damn it! <laughs> but yeah, like I thought that like overall, so I thought that you you were gonna enjoy it, uh, and uh, like that there would be a lot to talk about because it is such a unique film for that era or any era really, mm. and also that it is, I think, such a good film. Uh, which is kind of like I think that it's kind of forgotten more than anything because it's such a low key film compared to the other films in their oeuvre mm. uh, that it's not as bombastic but it is that kind of film that really executes and what, succeeds yeah. what it's trying to achieve Yeah, and because it, it's similarly to It Happened One Night I think that it is uh, uh, a film that succeeds in uh, eating its cake and having it too uh, the correct way because the Unabomber was always right uh, Ted but, uh, Teddy God Paul Bettany has really done an awful lot for that guy's image hasn't he <laughs> the, um, what were we watching and there was like a cabin in it and I even was like just waiting for Ted to pop out <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. with his beard fucking uh, the, the, the bear from Ted shows up is <laughs> a joke uh, yeah. but yeah uh, what did you think of this movie <laughs> uh, uh yeah i loved it uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend i didn't in case i did a little goal celebration he there he did he did uh yeah no i i mean like how you know i love this movie like this is this was a safe choice but you know it was a good choice at the same time uh yeah i mean pretty much as soon as it started i was won over like <laughs> just from the credits onwards like the the use of like montage and like perfect 40s voiceover as well at the start i was just like yes where they're kind of like laying out like it reminded you know, me of the beginning of Moonrise as well. Oh yeah, a little bit actually. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's, it, but just like so well handled, and like the credits are really interesting as well. Like it's like I think that um, definitely talk about kind of like the editing and the use of montage and stuff in this. Um, not just because it's very well shot as well, but um, yeah, like this this is just it's the definition of a charming film and it's interesting how you were saying about um how it's kind of forgotten because it's not bombastic and it is something that happens to uh like say romantic comedies or romantic films or whatever is that even if they're at the top of the genre the genre is never going to be held up as as like against other genres and like that's always going to be disappointing because it's like it's the genre that's there from the birth of cinema you know what i mean and it's so it's so disappointing because like you know any movie that's able to like execute its and like set out its intentions and completely meet them um should be heralded as a masterpiece but like so funny like even like the actors in this like i've never i've never seen them in anything before like it's and it's just like your man well like partly i think it's uh 40s and 50s british cinema it's slightly forgotten like if you yeah which like, is interesting because even in like the other if you take the other pressburger and paul movies that mm. i mentioned like what else is there that people would remember you know yeah the, like in general you know but yeah. when you compare that to hollywood films of that era like you yeah like you perhaps don't remember them but like people talk about john wayne movies yeah and, like, yeah i think as well like Despite, like, the two leads in this obviously have, like, loads of charisma and everything, but it's a different, it's a low-key charisma. Yeah. Like, he's not Clark Gable, he's not. But he just has that kind of, like, stoic, 
British thing. Yeah. You know, like the sort of upstanding gentleman. And But I think as well, like you were saying about like um, the kind of hint of the war, like there is a kind of a sadness to him as well. Like he really portrays that, like, you know, the, the, the guy who's been in the army, like he doesn't have a lot of money or whatever, but he's just, he's completely built out of honor and respect, but not in a kind of a like boring militaristic way, just yeah. in a kind of a like, you know, king and country you know and like how his kind of standing in the community as well like and how that's pitched against your man that again is not a bad guy but it's like you know he's it's not as much about honor it's about kind of like having like the the you know the the aristocracy the money the you know and how like the locals are like he's fine but you know he's he's described as the guy with the money yeah you know and it, it's kind of interesting how and that's... it's interesting as well how he's living in torquil's house yeah. like he's the <laughs> like he's his landlord kind of thing Torkel. uh <laughs> yeah like <laughs> saying like uh, yeah it's just such a charming movie like the great characters great dialogue jesus um but like there there are elements in this where it shouldn't work at all like it because it, like, it is cheesy but it completely pulls it off i mean like the weird song even like i know where i'm going like it's so bad but so great like you know, like the dodgy accents oh god like as soon as they got there i was like oh but they're all scottish doesn't seem like it like some of them do and some of them you're just like huh um but uh yeah and then like you know the 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 kind of the mythical um uh mystical magic shit you know like the kind of the presence of the ghosts of the past and stuff like you say that out loud you're like no i mean but it's so good it completely completely handles it i think because it is on shot location it feels you feel like you're in scotland and like that's such a simple thing but it makes such a big difference um yeah like i find it just like oh also actually <laughs> like yeah totally works but it's, this is basically like i was thinking this when i was watching i was like this is like a good version of leap year yeah uh leapy ear um <laughs> i was like oh my god and like that's a movie that i kind of have a sort of a soft spot for because i love her so much i love him so much and yeah. even though it's horrendous he's very good yeah goody um yeah <laughs> um I, you know i kind of kind of give it like you know even though it butchers or country and or you know it's the perfect example of how you can go and shoot something in a country and not manage to capture the country whatsoever it's like yeah. the, the woody allen kind of like travel thing like travelogue type thing but um it's not Barcelona, but uh, yeah, I do. I find it like endlessly fascinating. Um, and we've talked about it before, and you you kind of mentioned it there, like um, like how progressive certain portrayals of women are yeah. from this era, and like you know, it's just you think of like try to find a romantic comedy from like the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, whatever. That like the with a woman that's like because she's just she's delightfully headstrong. You know what I mean? I know, like, they call they describe her as, like, plucky or whatever. And, like, there's lots of words that get thrown at women. And, like, we've done this because I was thinking about this. And I was like, oh, she's so feisty. And I was like, that, it sounds so, it sounds, like, weirdly degrading in a yeah. way. You know, what I like about the two characters in this is that they don't feel like a man's ideal of a plucky woman. or yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, oh, she just needs to be tamed or whatever. Like, and they need her change. And it's one of those yeah. weird movies that it's, like, the relationship that is what changes. Yeah. It's more. It's not a kind of thing that either one has to change for the other for it to yeah. work, kind of thing. No, and they're completely so- the same people as they are at, at the end as they are at the start, and like that's why the ending is just so great because it's it's just it's so dramatic when they're running along and everything, and it's like oh, it's so fab. Um, yeah, like it's it's if the movie feels very much on her terms as well. You know what I mean? It feels like 
it's not one of those films where it's like strong female character and then the man comes in and it's like the man is more interesting yeah. you know because it's like oh real person idealized person you know yeah. she doesn't feel idealized she doesn't like it feels um it's just there's a warmth i think to like how they deal with her and then also how they deal with um with other um what's the other um woman called woman like uh i can't remember the name of her character but um and like their their kind of interaction as well is is interesting and like you know it does actually like you know uh Carter's going to check IMDb. It, uh, it does actually kind of. I was like wondering it does pass the Backdale test as well, which is like fascinating. But um, yeah, for nineteen forty-five. Yeah, that that like it's just it's so so interesting. Um, but yeah, like the I don't well, like the test the test of a good romantic film or romantic comedy or whatever is always going to like one of the the key elements there is always going to be whether or not you ship the main couple and like that seems so basic but if you watching something where not only the writing is bad but the two characters do not have chemistry and like you can watch a romantic comedy or like any movie or any tv show that has like um you know a kind of sort of a romantic section in it or whatever and like even if it's terribly written like if you're able to buy those two characters liking each other it goes a very long way because you're going to want to watch them forever you want to see what happened to them oh my god i just sorry for interrupting there yeah. uh you know who plays the precocious teenage daughter you know the one that is learning how oh, to yeah. read or whatever that was fucking pitula clark what yeah weird that didn't look like her at all oh my god that's so mad <laughs> oh my god that is brilliant did she go downtown uh, that's so strange like okay that's but just you know side note ricardo loves downtown um but, it's, uh, pub, uh, katrina is yeah the, katrina the... um yeah like just just fantastic but um yeah like what I like about this as well is that, you know, as soon as he turns up, you're kind of like, yes, obviously, this is the guy that you should go for. You know, like, he's great. He's honorable. He's, like, charming. He's, you know, he's just the right amount of everything, you know. But at the same time, I feel like um, you really kind of buy that she's conflicted. Yeah. And also that they're, like, it doesn't feel like a whirlwind kind of they go from one to the other all you know like from like oh, okay we've had a few interactions now <gasps> i'm in love with you you know it's like you have the time and it's not a long film at all but yeah. there's enough of the movie is dedicated in the middle to developing the relationship of like the little moments and the little like, like there's even like the sexual and, tension that is so yeah. weird for a film of that era to have like so overt sexual tension like when he's, he's on the holding ladder the, yeah oh my god i was watching it and i was like whoo <laughs> bone um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, it also like it's so ironic as well that when that they're dancing to the four bagpipers that the rich guy has hired <laughs> yeah, know, for yeah. their wedding kind of thing you know? I just love when they're like wandering around the island like it's so funny uh, like these weird like bagpipe robots or yeah. something you know but um, yeah like you just I mean it's just it's, it's all given time to grow and I totally buy it there's so much chemistry and it's like just fucking brilliant lines and you're just like oh even the little details like uh the superstition i was like counting yeah. the beams and she's yeah. first praying for the <laughs> rain to stop <laughs> but i think that like something that i was super surprised the first time that i watched it, even this one uh, is like how good the storm scene is oh my god yeah that was what i was about to get to next um uh yeah like i was watching it and i was like fucking hell this has just turned into the like a perfect storm you really believe that they're in peril like i honestly thought i was like are they gonna kill somebody 
And I was like, fucking hell. Like, you know, I was like, is this going to turn into like Dunkirk or something yeah. where someone bangs their head, you know? Um, but uh, for uh, Barry Keown. <laughs> but um, spoiler for Dunkirk. Don't watch it. This is better. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like Christopher Nolan. But uh, yeah, because like this manages to have that kind of straddling of um, of uh, of the kind of like, you know, it's not like nationalist, but like patriotic kind of like love of Britain and Blighty and all that crack. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a little, like the skepticism of like what's going on, like just overseas and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, God, that scene is really good. And then when good. it's like the whirlpool, it's like, how did they shoot that? It's so, so scary. It looks like a monster oh in a way. You know, like, it's yeah. so well done. And like, even it's such a great like an interesting like that 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 scene ends up becoming a further development of their relationship because you see how like she's panicking at the start and then how she sees that he is able to just like you know he's clearly afraid but at the same time he's like nope we're gonna fix this engine and obviously like watching a man fix an engine is like yeah but um like it's it's just so interesting that how that scene plays out it's just perfect the, it's also uh, a lesser film what I made him just have an argument when she's like on the boat yeah and he, he his decision is just like if she's gonna die she's gonna die I'm gonna die with her yeah it's like so like but at the same time yeah. it's so futile they like, don't make uh, him like that anymore uh <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it does like it, it. The same. It is also like a good Nicholas Sparks movie. Yeah, but this is a Phil Good movie. If you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, yeah, like I, I look. Yeah, just let that one settle for a minute. Uh, yeah, so like, um, I do. I love like the build up to the to the going out in the boat as well. That it's just like you know, don't go out on the boat for fuck's sake. But at this point, like she's just desperate to get off the yeah. island. Not, not, it's not about getting to her new husband. It's about getting away from the situation because she knows already that she's gone too far yeah. and that this thing is becoming a thing. And like, it's just so interesting that like, you know, like her regret afterwards because like, you know, of almost like wanting him to save her. But at the same time, it's like, no, she trusts him. She's invested in him. She doesn't want to like, Anyway, you know, he doesn't want to be drowned. <laughs> yeah, the the argument that they have in the stairs before she leaves is so like it feels so real. So and that he decides like, not to do anything, and he goes and Katrina's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, she's like, "Why do you think she wants to get off the island?" I love that that like she's just like there to be like, "Dude, yeah, be a <laughs> hop <tick>. on." <laughs> and then also that like I think part of it is that he he doesn't that not only her death would be in his hand, would be yeah. like the kid's death. Yeah. Because, like, he's not even the, the main kind of sailor guy, so doesn't understand yeah. how, how, how dangerous the, yeah. this actually this endeavor is. And the plant of the whirlwind and the, the way that it's like about the Vikings or whatever. Yeah. It shouldn't work. Tell me the rest but of the story. So, it's yeah. so good. So uh, much myth and, like, and it, yeah, it really shouldn't. Because you imagine, like, you know, Americans coming in and making this movie. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well. But it's something that I, uh, I, I, when you mentioned myth, that I, I discussed this movie to with somebody years ago. I can't remember who. Mm. And I think that it captures the feeling that when you're in a relationship or you're in love, that it feels mythical to yeah. you. You know, this that, it, magic that person. it feels bigger than life. You yeah. know, like that moment that it's like nobody could have could have these feelings as well you know no one's ever been as much in love as we are or like this is like and when you build your little history as well as you go along that it becomes like 
oh this is like the biggest event yeah. you know like you, you have like markers or whatever mm. and, and i the, think that, and the stories that you tell about your yeah. relationship as well like as, as time goes on it's like how oh, you met the different things that happened to you you know it's like and this film is almost like film in the way and written almost in a way that of two people telling somebody else how they fell in love yeah and they're like chipping in and then this happened and yeah. i like that about him and he's like you oh, tell this, yeah. you tell that but you're better yeah. telling that but yeah so yeah. everything becomes like grand and yeah. but real but it's just like the the small moments become huge in a yeah. way you know like even when they're in the telephone and she's like hearing how he deals with the rich guy yeah and it's like she's like swooning in the corner just looking out <laughs> to see and it's, it's so cheap but it works so well but even like the, the way that it's shot that I, I I always it was because the beginning of the movie you have like already amazing scene in the nightclub that is like why did you spend all this money like there's no need whatever yeah, you gotta get her getting her drink you know and I love that that little comment that he's like gin was it gin and, and, and oh, soda or something it's some and, weird it's some weird thing that I think yeah. was popular at the time that she is that and it's like the, oh the usual in your man is like oh uh, I have a reputation to keep and it's like every girl that is here has a daddy whose reputation <laughs> needs to be kept or yeah. whatever and she's just so switched on that's the thing I like her about her as well is that like she's naive is not the word to describe her like when you compare to like Amy Adams character in Leap Year of how like you know and Matthew Good just exists to be like you know not just for her to fall in love with him or whatever but like to tell her oh you know you know you know you're so naive like going over here to do this it's like you kind of understand her decisions they don't yeah. seem foolhardy it doesn't seem foolhardy to, to marry the other guy but at the same time it doesn't feel completely crazy to mar- to, to fall in love with this guy and also like uh, having the war setting uh, and also that the film was shot before the, the war ended even though mm. it was released just after so it gave like this kind of weird feeling let's say you know yeah is that well like the war in Europe I think it, it was like released after the Nazi surrender but before the Japanese surrender <laughs> but uh, I love uh, how you know that that it has that kind of uh, feeling of uh, love affairs at that time that it's like you, if you loved somebody you had to do something straight away yeah because either like in the case of Torquil that he only has like a week yeah and then he's back then he goes off yeah. and also it's that you don't know if you'll ever see that person again even mm-hmm. like uh, I suppose at that time for uh, British uh, civilians it was still dangerous because of like V1 rockets and V2 rockets or whatever like that. Mm. It's not as it's not the blitz, let's say, but that was still overhanging in the public yeah. consciousness. You're never you never yeah. feel that safe. Yeah, that yeah. it's even like going like spies, whatever that at the end is kind of, yeah, we're on the way of winning. But at the same time, you still have the memories of like two years ago that you don't yeah. know if you're going to make it to they've work. Been, like they've been living through this for a very long time at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about like the kind of the, the female characters and everything and, and why that is about this era that was able to produce such interesting portrayals. And I was thinking about like the kind of like the wartime and then post-war, like the kind of like how women ended up becoming empowered by the war in a way, because <laughs> yeah. like, you know they had to step up like for their country or whatever and like that kind of point before like the 50s and they were like you know shoved back into the kitchen or whatever yeah. it's like that like 
audiences were willing to completely accept but like, women at the like same this. Time, at the same time, though, it didn't go back completely. It's like what yeah. they say that you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Like, this is obviously, you know, like, like they the, tried. Like, but well, like... yeah, for a long time. But like, you know, like this kind of generation of women, like they're born in like, you know, the new century and everything. And like the, the kind of like watching the trajectory of it. But it's just it's just so interesting. But even like in World War One, but like, it's like you're growing your entire life being told that you can't do a man's job and then you mm. do a man's job uh, better than the men because they were better trained to like do yeah. armaments and build airplanes or whatever and then in chemical factories and yeah. all these things that then when you go back your husband comes back from the war and goes like oh you know nothing about like fixing a washing machine it's like dude I, uh, the spitfire that you were flying yeah. I built that fucker. with my dainty fucking hands yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's such an interesting time and like it's just so depressing that as far as we've come that like in cinema particularly within this genre that we're just so far behind where we need to be when it comes to relationship as well like uh, uh, you mentioned earlier on like Woody Allen and this is a complete side, <laughs> but uh, like uh, I thought it was like the I was talking to Alex and her friend Dan yesterday about yeah. like relationships and stuff and I think like it calls back to like how evenly match the the couple is in this yeah. movie that this doesn't happen but also it's like men that have like low self-esteem myself included years ago mm. would think like would think like that okay you have to like convince a woman to like you yeah kind of thing any woman that likes you without you putting an effort in there must be something wrong with her that maybe like it's she's not. like uh, or she's like below your level even though that mm. if she wasn't giving you attention you'd be like she's above my level yeah and uh, oh the optics of dating yeah and uh, uh dayan <laughs> used the perfect quote that is like the well woody allen used to say that i don't want to be part of any club that would have me as a member yeah and I think that's uh, not Woody Allen though. That's like freaking. I thought it was like. No, no, that's not Woody Allen. No, someone else said that. It's like um. Oh God, who said that? Well, like whoever said yeah, it then, but like because it is, it is a great quote, and like you completely get it. Where it's like, yeah. hold on, why are you so into me? There's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, like particularly after like you know whenever you've like you know gone out with people or like try you know where you're dating and it's like so much of the time it's like people just kind of like eh, you know like you know shunning you or whatever yeah. so it's like you get to the point where you're kind of like mm, don't trust it yeah <laughs> and then it's also like i think they're calling like that comment based on this movie is that i think it's part of why uh um her jones character is kind of reluctant to fall in love with torquil as well mm. torquil. Torquil. because uh she never all her relationships have been based with a underscore or something else business or it, like yeah. that for herself it's kind of now it's money but before i think that she there's like an undercurrent there that is unsaid and i think that it's so well done that she has been through love relationships that mm. she was basically sex relationships because it's the war yeah and i think it's that boy she's kind of reluctant also of like the soldier guy yeah whatever like considering she's like a factory girl as well not like that rich or whatever the yeah it's kind of the she has this kind of um reticence to mm. allow torquil to to lower the, her defenses towards torquil yeah even when she knows that she's in love with him yeah and i think that's part of why she wants to escape him because he's like she doesn't want that pain again yeah like, trust that man again or whatever, yeah like, like that's it and like it's so you really believe 
that she's that conflicted for all those reasons you know what I mean that it's not just that oh but I'm this other guy and my career and my future and money and everything it's like it's all the the things circling around her head the whole time while like all kind of like portrayed through the weather yeah. <laughs> there's some great weather in this and I think as well it's uh, like what we were mentioning before about like how like even in the way that she says at the end uh, uh, I want to uh, the I want to fish my own salmon. I just need somebody to show me how to do it. That is not like I want my man to fish my own salmon. Yeah, no, 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 it's no. Like the, and I think that she lost that the before the movie starts that she lost that dream that of mm. finding the person that you are like equal in a relationship. Mm. And also because like for the lack of a better word that she's like headstrong and stubborn and all mm. these like platitudes that are torn uh, trolled a woman with an excuse of making a complex character, but it's like <laughs> they just give them one trait and then it's like yeah. that. But I think that she's so much more conflicted and interesting and has so yeah. much more. But also she does have that quality of being stubborn. Yeah. And I think that that's even stubborn with herself that is like in her, like that kind of thing that is like, I was hurt once. Yeah. Now relationships are a business transaction. Yeah. But it's never mentioned. And I think that it's so genius for a film of that that era that is kind of because she wants to be in control at all times of her future and her relationships. Yeah. That like because she gave away that control before. Yeah. That and was never screwed again. over. She's never like never again. again. No, yeah. I have my itinerary of my life and this is exactly how yeah. it's gonna go. So then like this guy comes in and like, you know, he's not he's not crazy and wild or whatever. He's like a very solid choice. But at the same time it still feels like a risk for her. And you completely believe it. And I think as well, it's like how she sees him with Katrina as well. Yeah. The, she imagines that he deserves to be with somebody like Katrina. Yeah. Rather than herself. I love that scene when they're like just in the house. And she's like, oh, I know the, the person that lives there. And him and the mayor, the major. <laughs> and they're just like sh- shooting the shit or whatever, you know. Like I and... love the major so much. Like that's another thing where you're like, that shouldn't work. And it completely does. Like the whole thing about the birds is just. Yeah, I tried to meet. And then he just walks in. He's just got like a hawk on his arm. He's just like, jolly good. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. And he also gets some really great lines. But I think it also shows like uh, a blast of the past that doesn't exist. Like it mm. ceased to exist. And in a way it's like. There's a time before World War Two and after that, yeah. that even in the reconstruction or whatever, like it became more. Also, the fact that it became like a labor government afterwards, and it became the welfare state. And yeah. that obviously, when they made this movie, they didn't know that that was gonna happen. But in a way, it, it hasn't aged it because they captured that moment yeah, in history. Yeah, exactly. And it is so interesting, and in especially that it is like Scotland, and like that you're able to kind of like set this so remotely, but the. The war never feels very far yeah. away, which is like really interesting. I love as well because it wasn't because it's actually at the time as well. Yeah. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. Like, uh, which is what the other interest of like Colonel Blimp that they're mm. like making like war games or whatever, and it's like they had to let soldiers stop go out from like patrolling the beaches for Nazis yeah. to make a movie. Yeah. It's so like, it's just so, there's just something so British about yeah. it. And like, it's funny. I've said like mentioned their finest, but I did think about their finest a lot, uh, which is a movie that I have problems with. But uh, at the same time, but even the water based kind of yeah, action. And stuff. Yeah. And like just the, 
like because uh, anyone who hasn't seen their finest it's kind of a set around like um this young woman who kind of ends up accidentally becoming a screenwriter um for kind of like propaganda movies and of course falls in love but um uh it's like that what's great about that is is like the kind of like the like not just like the movie maker you know whatever but it's like being able to kind of like capture the time yeah and what you know and like obviously that's set in the city but there's a little bit of that as well that's kind of like out in the country where like almost the strange folly of of making this putting all this effort into making this film while literally over there yeah you know like dunkirk has just happened like it's fascinating and you make a movie about dunkirk when yeah. it just happened kind of thing it's yeah a, yeah it's like even like a, a really good movie that it is very flawed but it's incredibly interesting called mrs minerva minerva i don't know if you've no. heard about that it's about uh american journalists falling in love with a widow like a, w- a british war widow yeah and it was made completely so americans would sympathize with british uh plight during the blitz <laughs> because it's like during the blitz and there's like a scene so that is funny. so so heartbreaking that is her like in the in the back garden bunker just hearing the bombs fall closer and closer with her two kids yeah kind of like trying to like tell them stories so they'll be kind of quiet or like not be afraid but obviously you can see in her eyes that she's terrified yeah and it's like even if you were like famous or like even if the you were the unless you were like the fucking royal family or whatever that you had your own bunker or whatever you were never safe you were never safe mm. but and at the same time like at this point but like especially whenever this film was made like the war's been going on for so long that yeah. life has just completely molded around it that it's like the weird mix of like day to day but then also the fear is still yeah. there like yeah it's so interesting and I think that, like, uh, uh, something that, uh, rewatching this movie, it, it, like, the moment that it truly got me, like, the, the first time that I watched it, is when it has that shot that it is, uh, when the they go to check on the boat, and it's where she meets Roger Leslie the first mm. time, and uh, he says, oh, the boat is gone, and he just, uh, there's gonna be no boat, and he's walking back towards the house, and she goes over to talk to the boat owner to see if mm. she can bribe him to go and it's just this shot from really far away and it's just their silhouette mm. against the storm and so beautiful and i wonder how long it took for them to wait for the weather to go because the clouds are so like it is scotland but at the same time it could be no. dull in a way yeah. that is just cloudy and rainy but in the bar cinematic way, like, weather like yeah. that is like yeah i've no clue because it just looks incredible and like all any of those scenes down like on the docks or whatever and like just absolutely and like the, the sky is just ferocious and something that i was like given uh was uh, yesterday i went to see vertigo in the ifi mm. and uh i was in the moment watching it i was like oh my god the background plates for the window shots because they're shooting in the studio yeah and then you have like uh, the background plates of san francisco or whatever yeah and they're so good in Vertigo. And in this I as well. I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Like, not only they get, which is genius, that, I, that they actually shot from the position where the window would be of the house. So because it makes they, sense. It doesn't yeah. just look like, oh, here's all the San Francisco and squashed into one. Yeah. And also that they showed the, because Vertigo, so much of it is shot on location. Yeah. That the exterior of the house, you can see where the window would be looking at yeah so they go in and put it on but it's like shot on 70 mil or something and projected like the windows are massive and have like it's such a simple it's like it's such a simple thing that makes such a difference 
like in one of the apartments as well it's like mostly at night that they shoot but because it's san francisco the, you can see the roads like going down yeah and cars coming down like with the lights on and stuff and it's like such a little detail but it's it, like it's even more beautiful than if uh it was an actual window because you wouldn't see that much in real life because yeah. there would be no way of keeping that in focus because it's so far away and the foreground uh, mm. actors or whatever. So it it's gives like this real, that, but not real. It's yeah. like this strange, yeah. And it very much suits the theme of Vertigo as well. Yeah. Like that strange, other kind of creepiness of it. And also it was great, like, just to, like, link that also in a strange way the, because it's one of those few things, uh, like, watching two films that are completely separate and you feel the same way. That is watching films that are really well shot and in location at the that period yeah and you forget that it's not a period piece yeah because you're carried away by the story the vertigo especially the print that i was watching that so much of it is like just the camera in front of a car and driving around san francisco in location they i'm like oh wow how did they get so many like old cars or whatever and then mm. it's like you fucking melon <laughs> 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 it is they shot it in 1958 that's why there's those so are, many 50s cars those are the cars yeah <laughs> they were just there they didn't even put them there and uh, like in a way, I do like that it is in uh, black and white. This movie because yeah. you can see the color, you yeah. can see the grain, yeah. you can see you the can gray. Smell it. You can feel the wind on your face completely. Yeah. Such a wet and tactile yeah. movie, like without like it's Scotland. Yeah, like that's that's what's so interesting about it. Like it doesn't feel that they were in like you know somewhere in England in the country or whatever. It's Scotland, and it's so and it's because they're able to capture that feeling. That they're able to do all the mythical stuff. And yeah. you, you know, even the soundtrack is like proper like Scottish music. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. It's like but, a fucking straight out of uh, Braveheart or yeah, something. Yeah, but you know, Braveheart, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like know? the soundtrack is amazing. James well, yeah, but like doesn't it doesn't feel like Scotland. Yeah. You know, like this this is Scotland and it's just it's really enjoyable. And I love it when they're like uh, that scene in the uh, on the we- during the wedding that like somebody like sings really slowly uh, like this really love song or whatever yeah. in in Scots, and it reminded me and nearly made me cry because I remembered this other scene in another movie and I love scenes like that in movies when somebody just starts singing like mm. half drunkenly that becomes from the room like, goes quiet yeah and, yeah like it reminded me when the the guy starts singing like a, a really like slow welsh song during in pride when they're like in oh. the you know that oh scene. i got chills <laughs> i love that movie yeah and also what was the other like local hero also does the yeah. uh, have you seen local hero yeah that it's similar to this because it's set in scotland and yeah. whatever the like uh it's uh but somehow like it's the weird thing is that local hero might be a pick or whatever because it's such a feel-good movie as mm. well and it has a I'm really good that. sense of place and stuff but the strange thing is the local hero has flaws mm. that are like when I watched it, even with my mom or whatever, I was like, oh, it's just a movie of its time. That's why, like, the female characters are treated that way or whatever. Mm. And then you watch this and it's, like, 30 years before and they just sidestep. There's just no excuse. But also, like, uh, they, uh, Pressburger and Paul always made really good female characters. Like, in the mm. red shoes, they're really interesting. Even, like, doing, like, interesting takes with them. The, in Colonel Blimp, uh, Doris Day plays three, char- three f- uh, different characters characters on it and different times and they're all like the first like the first wife or blimp the second wife after the first wife dies and then his assistant and it's the idea of like 
the type of person that he's attracted to that she becomes an it's idea rather thing yeah but actually like making a point that like they're flat characters but making the point that it's like this character's in love with the idea yeah, of these women is, rather than like who view, they are individually use them yeah you know it's just the same thing over and over again yeah. rather than any type of individualization or whatever yeah. um and i think that it's so like what so we say about like, that we talk about that is not a problem not making a character like if the female character especially at that time doesn't have her own drive let's say or like doesn't have control on her life doesn't like seem or whatever but you have to comment on it yeah because to show that you know what you're referring that you know that you're aware with it kind of thing it's like when you make a racist character in a film there's no problem with having racist character in the film even if it's your main character but you have to acknowledge somehow that he is in the wrong yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly yeah um that's so interesting i really want to i definitely want to see more of their films um do you have any uh questions or anything or well like uh like I think that we answer most of it, but I think like uh, you mentioned the uh, like uh, about montage and cinematography, and yeah. if you wanted to talk about that a little bit more, because since you're like a, a cinematographer, I just wanted <laughs> to see what your take was, like what you liked about it and stuff. Oh, it's just it's absolutely brilliant. Like, like even if I thought find was really impressive. Like you were saying about um about the scene in like well the boat definitely that's incredible, but also whenever they're on the bus. That's yeah. really interestingly shot because like, it's like, as far as I can tell, it's on a bus as yeah. well. It's like, this is really impressive. But it's like, it's the movement of it. And like the fact that like, cause he's kind of sitting there and she's beside him and they're like deliberately placed really close together. Yeah. And then like, you know, the people sitting and everything. And it's like, it's just, it's so like, it really reminded me of something and I can't remember what it was. It reminded me um, a bit of like it happened one night when they're sitting together at the, the yeah, block yeah, that they had to share feels, the small seat. It feels really cramped and everything, yeah. but it's like, it's just, it's, it's such an interesting place for that scene while everything is kind of like going past in the background and like, it's like a perfect little kind of thing of character development as well, yeah. where you get another side of how he interacts with um like it's kind of a turning point scene yeah. as well but it's like how he interacts with um the the locals and everything that, also like, he has no... like a generosity of spirit on yeah. how to hold a conversation that it's like he's genuinely interested in yeah. their lives rather than be like oh yeah i'm back from the war i'm torquil uh, <laughs> i'm stuck here or whatever like yeah. he, he barely mentions like, he answers questions, but he asks more questions yeah, than anything. Yeah, there's no war hero kind of thing. And, like, watching her kind of, like... But just, like, that scene is so well-blocked. Like, this yeah. very well-blocked film. Because there is, like, there's a lot of... Even, like, that scene um, whenever they're uh, in the house and she's, like, you know, meeting Katrina and everything. And, like, there's a lot of things going on there. And, like, you know, she's going over to the fire. And it's, like, just a little moment of, like, her... You know, you can see that she's, like, cold or whatever. Yeah. And she's kind of... At this point, she's not particularly open to the situation because she's just like, I just want to get where I'm going. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, like, it's perfect how the movement of like the general and your man the start and how they come around and everything and like it's just it's just the perfect and like I, it's I very love... precise without yeah. you realizing how precise it is it doesn't call attention to itself yeah and like you kind of forget about it and then every so often they'll just have like an absolute whopper of a shot and you're like what and like the editing like there's some really fucking, fucking brilliant match cuts in this as well yeah. where you're just like that shouldn't work but it completely does and just like you're taking like a landscape and using it to your advantage completely 
just oh. even the, the, when it's they do treat, go on like, sets everything is... yeah and like you know you totally you totally buy it like even like the castle looks brilliant oh, as well, like, does, she... yeah. like all the interior shots of him like wandering around the castle and stuff like it's like suitably dark and mysterious you know like it's it's like matching everything like the voiceover and yeah. stuff but uh yeah it's just it's such a rich film you know like, there's just so much going on all the time that like i really want to watch it again actually because i'm just like as the more I talk about it, the more I'm just like, no, I really enjoyed that. And then like the ending when it goes like, oh, he he'll be like cursed to be with her forever, like yeah. that, that is the curse that you're like, oh damn, go on, <laughs> but also, Torquil. I absolutely love that now. Oh, like, uh, like so but great. that's the thing is that he only works in Scotland. You wouldn't yeah. give like. You'd be a bo- like an absolute dickhead to give your kid that name anywhere else yeah. because you you have to be it able to like pronounce an, it also yeah. yourself with a Scottish accent. It feels accent. like an affectation anywhere else, yeah. but this is like to them that's just you know he's just Torquil. There's no like. Yeah, it's like when uh, Americans call their sons like Angus or mm. whatever you know, and you're like, fuck off. Just yeah, if you're not if you're past fourth generation, you're fucking American. Get get up the ditch. You're not Italian. You're like, like appreciate your roots or whatever, but don't pretend no, that you're that. You know, you're like not Irish or I'm Italian sorry. or even Ugh. Ireland. It's like fuck off. Uh, <laughs> it's ours, damn it. It's uh, all we have. <laughs> quite literally. Um. But also, like uh, coming back to this movie, like uh, as a final point. Uh, the I think it's interesting how uh, they also comment on the uh, Anglicization of Scotland, mm. or how like even their like their rituals in their culture are at war within the the island itself. That it's yeah. like it's become like the you can't support the the like be Scottish and live in Scotland. Mm. you know what I mean that is yeah. like even if you own a castle like that he says the identity crisis of the he says renting the castle for three months will, will allow me to live there for six yeah you know that it's like so that he will actually do that like rent his own house to be able but also not give it up and sell it because That's it's his, his. yeah it's, and a massive part of who he is and like his history and yeah no I really really liked it it's absolutely fab and like I just it is one of those films where you're like, there's no way you couldn't like this. Like, it's just, it's so charming. The dialogue is as snappy as it happened one night. Like, it's, it's a treat, is what it is. So, what was your favorite thing? Um, probably her character. Yeah. She's, you know, like I love the relationship. I love the visuals of it. I loved, like, I mean, I love the feeling of the film. But she's just great, and from the get go, you know, like it's. It's so forties, but so not as well. Yeah. Like I just, yeah, she's she's fantastic, like really interesting actress. And I love that, even though like she's obviously very, like, she's very beautiful, but she has a sort of an, a, an interesting face as well. Yeah. Like she's not standard forties uh, pretty. Yeah. Um, and she's not shocked away he. either. No, and neither is he, which yeah. is interesting. I think like because even whenever like his character is introduced, it's very low key. Like, he's just there. Like, there's no real... You know, like, the first scene when you kind of see him talking or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's very low-key. It's not kind of like he walks in and it's like... Ah, but it's always... It, it, like, they're really good. Like, the the two of them, like, Persbury and Poem, have always been good at doing point of view of a scene. Like, knowing yeah. whose point of view it is. And they won't do the, ah, because she's not in love with him yet. Yeah. 
So like other movies that do that, it's like... You feel very much on her side. Yeah. You know, like it's it feels real. It feels like her feelings, her perspective. It's her story. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What was your favorite thing? Like uh, coming with a Paul and Pressburger film, like always the cinematography is going to yeah. be great. The directing is going to be great. The screenwriting is going to be great. I do love her and her character in it. Uh, but my favorite thing is very specific. It's not only Roger Lively, it's his voice. Oh my like, god! Like I absolutely yes. adore his oh voice. Oh my god! Yes. Like it's so silky. Like I'm a straight man, but like if somebody talked to me yeah. like Roger Lively, talk yeah. to Wendy Hiller, I, I like I, I I don't know. I'd have the defenses to like. <laughs> I wouldn't last as long as she did. Let's say. No, uh, that's it as well. Is that like she holds off for a very long time, and you're just like. <sighs> He is like oh the definition of a catch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so funny because like he's not really standardly handsome either. Yeah. But he just has that, you know. He oozes cool, but that kind yeah. of like not like Clark Gable cool or like or even Yeah, well Clark like, Gable is like a scamp. Yeah. You know, he's got that kind of lovable kind of thing about him, like not all the time, but in a lot of his characters. Sorry, more like, like a Cary Grant kind of thing. Yes. You know, the he doesn't have that you yeah, know he's more of a kind of like he's that kind of guy that you go in the party and he's just like the guy but nobody like but he's not hogging the attention yeah. it's just that everybody people wants to gets, give attention to him people you know? get drawn to him because he just yeah. has like that yeah yeah that like oh. he's just like the guy that I, like you can imagine the like, guy yeah you know like that <laughs> he knows that he's the guy but he's like i can't do anything else but be the guy he's not trying to be the guy you know <laughs> he's that guy it's will that yeah. even like the respect that he plays for the wedding, whatever. There's like I don't want to be intruding, yeah. and it's like no, no, come in, or whatever. We love you. We love you, Torkel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and also like it's like the servants as well, and how he's able to like straddle both worlds, like yeah. be able to talk to both to the Humble. servants and the like the quote unquote simple people. Yeah. And then like with the sophisticated people, you know, like yeah. Them. Well, like, I like um, as well that she's not portrayed as too much of a snob yeah. either, which is like, you know, that she kind of, she has her focus on what she wants and everything, but, you know, she's not like, she kind of bonds with Katrina and everything and, you know, I kind of enjoyed that as well. Oh yeah, when she comes back after they're like skinning rabbits or whatever <laughs> and it's like, i never seen somebody skin the rabbit that way, it must be something that they get taught in the city, <laughs> like if, like you get taught like, oh, yeah. skin rabbits in the city. In Sunday school. <laughs> but, and uh, what was your least favorite thing? Probably that his name is McNeil, and that's just not, it's a little bit too close to home, you know. Uh, McNeil is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's actually my ancestor. Um, no, like, I don't know, to be honest, like. Because so, even the, it's like that kind of movie, like, I feel the same way, yeah. that there's things that are very creaky, but somehow become a feature yeah. rather than. It's creaky not. is the right word, I think, better than, than, than cheesy, I think. But I feel like they would have been creaky at the time as well. Yeah. They don't feel like dated things. They're just, yeah. So I'm going to say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your least favorite thing? Uh, the film ends. <laughs> but it ends spectacularly. Oh yeah, like it, it really sticks Darkle. the landing kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? it like does. It's... it's got that little oh oh oh. oh. You know, it's like yeah. 
Thank you, Ricardo. It was a very interesting choice. Uh, where can they find us? They can find us on uh, Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Right Game, on The Recommendation Game at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and iTunes and your podcasting app of choice. Also, leave us a like or a review or whatever you, you're so inclined if we you like, like the show. We like correspondence. And also, uh, you can get us on, uh, well, listen to us uh, 11 to 12 every Monday on Dublin Digital Radio and uh, part of uh, uh, also like I don't know yeah this is coming out tomorrow so I think the Dublin Fringe Fest is still going like the Dublin Digital Radio have a program in the Fringe Fest so uh, people if you're uh, doing something do check it out check it out cool and what is next week's film Away we go. Jesus, like uh, we're Happy like we're, we choose films with crap titles there, like yeah. hopefully good. I haven't seen Away We Go, obviously, <laughs> because that's how the podcast works. But like, in case uh, you didn't know by now, in episode eighty, whatever we're on. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I was Ricardo Deegan. I was Orla McNeilis. Uh, I'm glad you liked the film. Uh, hope everybody in the audience should fucking watch the yeah, film. Yeah, seriously, one of those. go do it right now. Uh, so I'll catch you all next week yeah thanks for listening goodbye